Hello everyone, welcome to the Empower Hour. Today we have got a slightly different episode, so we have got a gorgeous guest on today. So we have Sophie Richards and she's going to talk about her endometriosis. So, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me on. Oh no, of course, babes. (laughs) So nice to have you and like talking about such an important topic that not a lot of people know about. So thank you so much for coming on. No, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's so important that we have more of these conversations and it's really good that we can push out on social media and do everything like that. So yeah, you'll be up on loads of women too. Ooh, can't <laughs> wait for this discussion. So yeah, if anyone doesn't know what Endo even is, then I would definitely recommend listening to all of this podcast because I met Sophie at the Fierce Femmes event and um, run, run by um, Kelly Powling. And we were both guest speakers. And I I have some sort of awareness of what it is. But I think listening to Sophie's journey and how much she's invested her time and money was, to me, it was crazy to think, oh, my God, you have to go through all of this for something that a lot of people, well, a lot of women struggle with. So I was like, I've got to get her to talk on. Like, her story is absolutely amazing she is amazing so Sophie do you want to just like maybe tell everyone a bit about you like just your life tell us your life story mm-hmm. we're all here for it <laughs> <laughs> okay so name Sophie Richards I'm 26 <laughs> um and I've got a business degree so I went to uni in Loughborough did business and retail absolutely loved it um I had a placement year which was a bit random it was with Aldi and if you don't know about the placement scheme, you do like a bit of time stacking shelves and stuff in store, which I actually really enjoyed. Did you? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, it was just nice, like working with people all day, you get to chat all the time. Yeah. Um, so I did my business degree and I've kind of moved about all over the country. So I'm from Wales, but did my degree in Loughborough, but then moved to Yorkshire to work for a little bit, then moved to London, mainly because my hospital is there. And I'll talk a little bit about... Yeah how important it is finding the right hospital and finding the right doctor Mm -hmm. um but because a hospital was there that I really trusted and I loved my specialists I was like I've got to go I've got to go to London I've got to live there um so went there and worked for Amazon did that for a little bit as an account manager and now I've quit to do the end of spectrum full-time so the end of spectrum yeah I know big cheers (laughs) (laughs) Um, the end of spectrum is my Instagram blog where I talk all about endometriosis and my journey and symptoms with it so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Wow, it's amazing. And I think for someone who doesn't, well, you never know, I might even have endo <laughs> and I don't even know. Yeah. So for someone who doesn't have any of the symptoms or wasn't really aware of endo before, like for you to move to London because of it, and it was like there was no choice. It was like that was what you were going to do, mm-hmm. going to London. And it's crazy what you'll do for your health. When there's no options in Wales, I think when you were speaking at the event, that's what I was most shocked about was Mm -hmm. the lack of um, education and funding in Wales. Yeah, it's nuts. So I'll... I might as well just start about like how I thought I had endo because yeah, yeah, go for it's it. basically why I really struggle because I love Wales. I'm a Welsh speaker. It was probably my first language until I moved away for ages. Was it? Yeah. And so I've always thought I'd always come back to Wales. Yeah. But because of my endometriosis and mm-hmm. how much has gone wrong in Wales yeah. and how the future... 
I mean, they keep saying that they're going to spend more money on women's health and stuff, but then in the same breath, they're trying to bring in policies that penalise women. So I'm like, is it really that safe for women like us to live here? Yeah. I'm not really sure. So I started getting my symptoms when I was like 16, 17. That's when I started my period, which yeah. I know is, is super late, but everyone has different periods and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was really jealous of all my friends because they were having periods from like 10 years old. 10? Yeah. What? Wild. I know. So all of my friends wow. are getting their periods. They're all coming in with their like pads and tampons and whatever. <laughs> and I just thought it was like this really cool thing. I was like, oh my God, when is it going to happen to me? <laughs> and then it did. And it was like I said in the talk, honestly, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I was like, what the hell is this? How is everyone like carrying on their lives like normal every month? Because I definitely can't. Yeah. Um, but because I am quite dramatic, I'm a bit of a storyteller, I yeah. love it. It was kind of like, not only did I think I was being a bit dramatic, but so did everyone else as yeah. well. And it is fair, like you get your period and I was like, oh my God, I'm so bloated, I'm really tired, I can't get out of bed, I'm bleeding loads. But everyone gets a period. You know, it's like, welcome woman to womanhood, yeah, yeah, it yeah, probably exactly. felt like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put off going to the doctor for a little bit and then it was really crippling and I started getting really anxious before my period would come because I'd be like, oh my God, it's coming. Like, oh, the no. dreaded. And the thing is, it wasn't just seven days. Sometimes it was 10 days. So if you think like a third of the month, I was like, this is horrendous. I don't know what to do. Every month. Every month. Every month. And sometimes I just bleed straight through. So it was just crazy. So went to the doctor and was like, look, I know periods can be painful. Yeah. And I remember when I was 11 having the period talk, which we'll go back to later. But okay. I remember having the period talk and they were like, periods can be painful. A hot water bottle, paracetamol, you'll be fine. So I remember saying, look, I get that they can be painful. I know that, but this is extreme. So for the first probably six months, they were like, let's just see how it goes. You've only just started your period. Your hormones are balanced out. You'll get used to the pain. So they kept saying it was my pain threshold. And I was like, I think I've got a pretty decent one. Like, yeah. I, I was like, mm. So anyway, back and forward, back and forward, back and forward to the doctors. Nothing for like a year, apart from, sorry, giving me different pills. So like contraceptive pills, because they were like, this will stop your period. This will reduce your period. This will do something else. I think that in itself, putting you on different contraceptive is crazy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, oh, that's, that's how they're going to solve the problem is by pumping more stuff in your body. Yeah, exactly. And as well, because of how endometriosis works, there are different hormones that make it worse. So over 80% of the pills that they put me on to help my period aggravated my oh, endometriosis. No. Um, and on top of that, sorry, and this is not just for people with endometriosis, but like moods, my mood was horrendous. And that wasn't just because I was in pain with endo, but just from the pills themselves, oh, what they no. were doing to me. Like, I'm not sure if you, have you ever been on any different pills? Or uh, yeah, I've had a bit of a nightmare. Um, mm. I think I, I might have mentioned to you about my skin, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah when I went for coffee and, hmm, and a really good breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good. So, um, yeah, my I was on the mini pill for so long. Yeah. And it worked very well for me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uni and my mum said, which was a fair point, she said, why don't you go on the implants? Because you don't have to worry about it yeah. when you're on it. Um, yeah. And she said... You know what? For example, like you, you, you don't see because my 
my boyfriend, he was in, he, I moved to London, he was still in Cardiff, and then he went to Swansea Uni, so he said, you might not see him for a couple of weeks' time, I forget to take a pill and that, Yeah. and then what if he like surprises you, and then you just don't want to take any risk, and I thought, you know, yeah. that's a really good point, yeah. so she was really looking after me, mm-hmm. and was like, I think this would be good for you. Yeah, she was like, I don't want to be a grandmother at this Basically, age. Basically, yeah. Plan. <laughs> She was like, basically, sort yourself yeah. out. I thought, all right. <laughs> so, because um, she actually got pregnant with me on the mini pill. No. So I think that's why. Yeah. So she was like, right, you've got to be careful. Yeah. So that was that. And then I went on the implant and that's where my skin and everything was aggravated. Yeah. And I had acne and I showed you the photos and you yeah, were shocked yeah, as yeah. well, wasn't you? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it made me feel really low. And then I on the pill I'm on now, mm-hmm. and it did. My skin wasn't as bad, but then it didn't solve my skin problems. Mm-hmm. So that's when I had to go pay private school marketing. Yeah. But now this pill, it really agrees with my body. Ah, okay. So yeah, I'm back. Amazing. I'm on a combined pill now. Nice. And it works. Once you find one that works, it's amazing. It's just, <sighs> it's just a bit of a journey, isn't it? Getting oh, there. It's a journey. Yeah. And you must have been on. How many have you yeah, been Yeah, I've been on over nine different ones. <gasps> and so and so this, to be fair, so this is why I do actually really sympathise with doctors. I think a lot of people with chronic symptoms despise doctors. They think they're the worst people in the world. But to be fair to them, like you've just said, you don't have any symptoms of endometriosis, but no. you it's taken you a few years to find the contraceptive uh, that works for you and for your hormones to settle down. Yeah. So it's not like they were lying and it wasn't like they completely didn't believe me. But it was just, for me, it went on too long. Yep. Like, it was five years until I was diagnosed with endometriosis. You can't keep saying your hormones are going to settle. Let's yeah. try a new pill every time, you know? So what was that like when they told you that word, endometriosis? What was your... Did you hear of it before this? No, never. So I eventually, I basically gave it. I was like, I'm going to go to the GP one more time. So at yeah. this point, I was in university. So I'd left Wales okay. to go to uni. I was in Loughborough and this was the first time really that the doctors started trying to investigate. Yeah. But that again was only my second year of uni. So my first year of uni, I'd like trotting to the GP with all of the symptoms. So the symptoms of endo are things like really bad bloating. So you mm-hmm. know how like if you've had a massive bowl of pasta or loads of oh, bread yeah. and you like bloat out. <laughs> Imagine that, but like on steroids oh, and it wow. kind of feels like someone's pulling different parts of your tummy. So loads of women with endo call it like tugging pain and it's the best way to describe oh. it. So you get bloating and tugging pain. Also can like have skin issues. A lot of women have skin issues anyway. Yeah. Um, painful periods and this like constant inflammation. So I went to the doctor with all those symptoms and they were kind of like, seen it all before. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what, what do you mean you've seen it all before? And they were like, how many sexual partners have you had in the last month? And I was, I was Is like, shook it. I was like, excuse me. Excuse, and it's like, do you know what? Do you know what annoys me more, right? I think you can sleep with as many people as you want. Yeah. The way they said it was so judgmental. Oh, no. Like, what if I do want to sleep with different people every week? Nothing like, wrong with being a hoe if you're exactly, being safe. preach. So I was mm. like, actually only one. Because I only had one boyfriend. only slept with one person at uni yeah. the entire time. So over the four years, literally one guy. And um, they were just like, mm, but you never know what your partner's doing. So we'll just test you. So then I was going home being like, who the fuck have you slept with? <laughs> Give me you, your partner. You've given me an STI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never had an STI either. That could have so, caused problems in your relationship. Oh yeah, massive, massive. Well, endo in itself, that could be like a whole podcast. How it can like it can make or break relationships. All oh, right, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'll, I'll mention it later, I will. But um, the whole STI thing, back and forward. And then I saw one GP and I was like, I'll give it one more go. Yeah. Went to see him and he was like, oh my gosh, I went on a women's course two weeks ago and they mentioned endometriosis. I think you have endo. Just like that? Literally like that. So I was like, sounds a bit weird to me. Like, what is it? And he like went into his bag, started ruffling around, was like looking for papers. And you know when you're like, look pal, you're supposed to know what this is. You're the one with the answers. Yeah. I can Google it myself. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I've had and... some worse to do that on the GP. Yeah. They go, oh, what's Web wrong MD. with you? <laughs> but they literally went on NHS, like on the website. And I was like, no, I don't trust this person now. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Um, so, and he said, he was like, look, I'm not 100% sure, but you either have two wombs or you have no womb. So I was like, this is, this is serious stuff. Like, I've just been told at the GP, after five years of being in, like, agony, I'd already had one operation by this point, and he was like, yeah, you've either got two wombs or you've got one womb. He was like, I'm not really sure. We'll, we'll send you to the gynecologist. Went to the gynecologist, and to be fair, from this point on, it was all pretty quick. Okay. They were like, let's get you in an operation. So I had what they call an exploratory laparoscopy, which is basically a keyhole on your stomach. Yeah. They, they go in, and they might not see anything. They might not do anything. They just go in and have a look. They'll try and fix stuff if they find it. So woke up, and they were like, we've removed your ovarian cysts. Yeah. I've got cysts. They cut them off. They go back again in like two weeks. I'm like, what's the point? So honestly, I, I don't understand it. But... They said, we did find endometriosis, a small amount of endometriosis in your pelvis. We've taken it out. Yeah. You're tip top, ready to go. See you probably in like five, 10 years for another operation. Oh, so they thought it was only going to be five, 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So, and loads of surgeons say that anyway. And to be fair, if you have the right surgery, it can actually be five to 10 years. Everyone's endo grows back differently. So that's another thing. Endo is a chronic thing. So you, you can't get rid of it. So even if you have operation to take it out, because they're just tiny, tiny cells that can spread, mm-hmm. they, they can't get them all. So, yeah, it can... can... you explain that, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, I love... T- I'm very visual <laughs> as, as a learner. <laughs> yeah. And the way you explained it was amazing. You said it was like a weed. Oh, yeah. I, remem- I, I really remember that. Yeah, so basically, endometriosis is when cells that are basically identical to the cells in your womb lining mm-hmm. are found outside of the womb so every every month your hormones go time to shed your cells shed and it comes out as a period fine but if you've got the same cells or very similar cells outside of the womb they also go time of month time to shed they shed but there's nowhere for this blood to go mm-hmm. so you've got rogue blood lingering in your stomach with no like funnel to come out of so blood outside of the veins is like one of the biggest irritants you can have for your body really so even if your diet is tip top even if your exercise is tip top you've still got blood that is foreign like it's not supposed to be there and your body's like the hell what's going on and you know when you break your wrist or your ankle or something it swells up doesn't it to like protect yourself from things that's why your stomach just goes Uh, oh my god fills up to try and protect you yeah exactly so you've got all of this blood that's there and eventually what happens is two things so the blood gets sticky and can stick organs together right. and they can fuse together permanently which is called adhesions and you have to have surgery to, to get them pulled apart um but it also can cause scar tissue oh my so it's kind of like having a spider web yeah. that's in your stomach so you can't really move around so imagine if you're dancing 
but you've got a spider web like holding all your organs together like you can't move no. like you would normally move um so it is literally like a weed so there's two different types of surgeries that you can have for endo and this is something like one of the main reasons why i started my instagram page was because i'd had endometriosis surgery thought i was fine turns out i had the wrong surgery so oh, no. i know so it's called ablation surgery which is basically where so imagine endometriosis like all of these weeds with really long roots mm-hmm. so ablation surgery is like cutting it off on the yeah. top the garden looks beautiful for a couple of weeks and then it's disgusting again there's weeds everywhere whereas excision surgery is when they rip it out the root from the root from the root right. so you've got a bit longer to go way better for you but an endometriosis specialist should be doing that or is the only surgeon that can do that yeah because i remember yeah. you said um at the talk that yeah you didn't realize that there's a different doctor was it for yeah. um, a gynecologist you thought that's what people you get treated for endos to a gynecologist but it's actually yeah. specialist for endo exactly because and it's it's silly because I'd always like my brother when he was younger he's mm-hmm. absolutely fine now but had cancer and so I was always familiar with him going to see an oncologist which is like a cancer yes. specialist so when I went to the GP and they were like you need to go and see someone who knows what they're doing here's a gynecologist and they're obviously amazing super talented but I just thought that was the specialist uh. I didn't realize that there was like another level yeah. um so long story short since having a specialist surgery so I've had four surgeries now the difference is night and day so like I was literally like crippled bed bound thought I was dropping out of uni thought I would never have a career was like oh my god I'm gonna have to live with my parents forever and ever and have no social life to being like living on my own in London paying for half of the treatments myself they're super expensive so thanks mum and dad for paying <laughs> for the Child. rest yeah but I was like but I have a really normal life like I socialize I yeah. have a job I go traveling whatever yeah. so yeah for anyone listening if you think you have endo or you have endo and you're where I was where I was just like bed bound all the time seeing an endo specialist was life-changing so what would you recommend mm-hmm. or is it nothing unfortunately you know for people who can't afford um is that the, just the shit reality at the moment? Um, people can't afford it. Uh, yes and no. So, like, practically in terms of actually treating endometriosis, yeah. you can obviously go to the NHS. You can mm-hmm. obviously do that. And this is like a hack, okay, that I okay. live by, right? And this is for everyone, not just if you have endo. So, most of the waiting times when I was um, going through my finding a specialist yeah. was seeing the consultant. So, my GP in London was like, look, pay 250 pounds to see the consultant you can see her in two weeks the waiting list to see her on the nhs is two and a half years uh, so i was like okay but i can't pay for the surgery privately and she's like no no no, no. <gasps> you don't need to she was like it's the same surgeon she'll just then give you the option of would you like the surgery on the nhs and wait or get it privately and get it like asap so i was like okay whoa. fine so i was like i want to go see her anyway pay the 250 pound yeah. which i think like i, I know again I'm, i come from a really privileged position to do it but if you can borrow money if you can save if you can pay yeah. for that initial consultation i then found out that the private private surgery would have been three months 16 grand something mental because i had to have whoa. so many surgeons in the operation i needed a bowel surgeon a bladder surgeon like loads of surgeries okay. in the room um, or the NHS surgery was only six months. So oh. I was like, oh, I'll take the free one, please. I'll wait three months. It's been five years anyway. That is a yeah. great hack. I think yeah. everyone needs to know. Exactly, <gasps> exactly. I'm so glad I so, asked So I know. So in terms of not being able to afford surgery, mm-hmm. me and you both, 
but if you can afford to skip the waiting list to see the consultant yeah. would recommend if that's an option the other thing and it's something i actually posted about on instagram recently is all of the stuff that you can do yourself because specialists are amazing hands down the foundation of improving my health has been the operation always however and it was a chronic thing yeah. For me, I can't keep taking like Oromorph or Cocodamol, which are super strong painkillers every day to manage because like some of them you can't even drive on. So I'm like, do I really have a normal life? And the symptoms of those painkillers can sometimes be worse than the symptoms of endo. I I feel really weird about relying on tablets. Me too, me too. And I'm weary about saying it because obviously like for some people, they really, really need it every day. Yeah. But I don't think it's a great way to manage your health all yes. the time. Yeah, yeah, so for me, there were, I manage my diet, I manage my exercise, and just like my lifestyle in general, my mindset, all of those things. I could be in exactly the same physical pain with my endometriosis, but feel a completely different way about mm-hmm. it just from making sure that I'm A, doing things that make me feel positive. So having great friends, having great relationships. Um, doing yoga not only oh my god yeah so I did my yoga teacher training that's how powerful yoga can be because I I used to eye roll when people were like have you tried breathing have you tried (laughs) you tried yoga and I'm like yeah cool I'm on the waiting list for a pretty serious operation it's not gonna do it yeah exactly yeah it's like I'm doing now yeah um but to be fair there are some yoga classes I'd go to and I'd feel amazing. Yes. I was like, I am a new woman. I've mm. got no endo. And then there were some I'd be like, oh my God, I feel really ill. Yeah. And spin classes, I'd be like, I feel really ill. Oh, really? So I was like, yeah. So I was like, I want to learn what it is about these different classes that is making me feel better or worse. So I did my yoga teacher training in London for like four months. Loved it. And then realized that actually for me and my endo, lower intensity um, exercise good. is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's literally been life-changing. So oh, for wow. people who can't afford to do the surgery or they're like, do you know what? I've done everything I can. I'm on the waiting list. I literally just have to wait. Try and investigate what makes you feel happy and what makes your body feel good because you'll you'll realize that you can do so much to improve your health on your own in that time that you're waiting for the doctor. I think that kind of links to like the gut health that mm-hmm. we were... <laughs> Me, you, and other Sophie was talking about, we were talking about gut health. And I think what you put in your body is very important. So if you can help it, Mm -hmm. why not? Exactly, exactly. You're really big on this gut health. I'm obsessed with it. And again, like I could do not only one podcast, like 10 on it. I'm obsessed. I've read every book on it love it well hopefully soon yeah I can imagine um, <laughs> but there's like for example I'd really recommend looking at Diary of a CEO yes. a podcast we were mentioning with Tim Spector on mm-hmm. who talks about gut health and um, the importance of basically the different types of foods you yes. eat and what I love about him and I think it's really good for me and it's why I want to actually do his test it's called the Zoe test is basically like I know that foods higher in sugar and higher in carbohydrates tend to flare me up right however not all of them not every grain is bad, not every bread is bad, but I don't know which ones trigger me and which don't. So I've gone through habits and really do still struggle now with a super healthy relationship with food because I panic. I'm like, is it gonna is it gonna make me feel bad? Yeah. Is this me knocked out for three days? Whereas the Zoe test, it individually measures your blood response, your like sugar levels to different foods. Wow. So that I could find out, for example, that Hobie's bread is great, but, you know, Asda's own brand isn't, or the other round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I can actually have a bit more food freedom. 
but that is something that I could do myself. I could do it. You'd have specialists looking at your results, so it's a safer way of doing it rather than just investigating your health on your own. So there's such a sea of things to look wow. at. But I also sympathise that when p- people are in agony, it's really, really easy to be like, this is just my life. I need to wait for the operation. Kind of like exhausting. you just accept it yeah, in a do. way. Yeah, and I've been through, like I did a whole year of just like major anxiety probably a bit of depression really and just was like no one speak to me life is crap this is it because you would be like isolated i guess mm-hmm. a lot because you're in bed in crippling pain yeah so it must have a very negative impact on your mental health mm. yeah second year was definitely definitely the worst for me at uni because everyone at uni goes out all the time which is like fun yeah fine love it but for someone who reacts quite badly to alcohol, but again, not all alcohol, but some alcohol, wine I know is just the devil. For I me. can't it's, wine. Well, a lot of people do, don't they? Yeah, um, true. Yeah, but it's, it's the combination, though, of the lifestyle. So yeah. your sleep is impacted because you're out all the time yes. and you're studying, whatever. Then you're drinking, like, poison, basically. Yeah. Then on top of that, the next day, I, you know some people can't eat after a hangover? I'm the opposite. Like my eyes open and I'm like food now and it's all day. So that's oh, really? all I'm craving is like shit, sugary food anyway. So completely self-destructive, I know. But what I'm saying is a cocktail of absolute terror for endo was university. Really? So I then was really ill and then just was like, that's it, I'm not going out. So I couldn't go out with my friends. I had a boyfriend at the time. Oh my God, he's an absolute angel. Right? I haven't got a bad word to say about him. Yeah. He was fab. But it just, I kind of felt like he was more like my best friend or like semi-carer at uni because he would like bring all the stuff that I needed. He'd like come home from nights out early to stay with me. And so I just kind of felt like a bit of a dick anyway because I was just like making him come home. And then on top of that, it just got a bit toxic because I was then like, everyone else is having fun and I'm not having fun. It was, it was just horrible. I was really, really lucky though. He was great and my friends were amazing in that we would just do loads of coffee brunches that were like safe spaces for me. That's great. I could live vicariously through them. Yeah. So I was very, very fortunate to have a really big group of girls that are amazing. Um, and my boyfriend was amazing. I know a lot of people aren't in that situation. I was going to say this. I, I yeah. know a lot of my um, yeah. clients who come to Heels Empowerment, they have told me about their endo and how people just really don't understand them. No. And they they don't really like to talk about their endo because people don't understand it. Mm, well, that's one of the most like asked questions I get on my Instagram. So I started my Instagram on the back of the fact that I have endo, struggled with it for a long time, still do struggle with it. Yeah. But I have the best friends. I've always had great boyfriends. My parents are fantastic. If I ever need treatment paid for, they're there. Amazing. Like my situation couldn't get better and it's still been pretty bad. So I was like, I want to share any tips I have. And um, someone messaged me saying, I don't know how to speak to my boyfriend about endo. He um, doesn't understand that I'm I'm in agony every month. And he was like, "Um, oh, there's no point you coming over if you're ill again what yeah can you imagine that so bearing in mind she would have been at home like bleeding bloating in pain tired upset that she's got endo anyway and then on top of that her boyfriend was messaging her saying well there's no point you coming over so you know when you're like so I yeah I know so and I never know what to say back in those situations because if that was me I would literally just block delete see you later I'm never speaking to you again (laughs) no I know but like practically some 
some yeah. people I know need a little bit more understanding with it. Yeah, education. Because, yeah, like my dad, for example, for a long time, I don't think he understood it at all. And it was just like a bit awkward speaking mm-hmm. to him about it. But then when I did, he would really sympathize when I was in pain. Yeah. So his perception changed. So I know that other people's perceptions can as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, boyfriends and relationships can be tricky with endo. I think we were talking about this last week. Um, me and no it wasn't it was on the our first podcast me and Hannah um, my um, instructor we were saying how I there needs to be more education mm-hmm. about even just periods yeah and never mind the endo on top of it mm. and I said like women's health it needs to be more education and she said yeah definitely for women I was like no mm. and I said no no I don't agree I was like no. I think it needs to be for men too because Preach. if there was more education for men, yeah. then when it comes to these situations, they're not just like, oh, blood, go away. Exactly. You know? Well, actually, right, what was your period talk like in school? Because I speak to loads of people and they say it's similar to mine. Really? But I wonder what yours was like, because you grew up in Wales, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember it. Do you not? No. So yeah. it couldn't have been good. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so mine was when I was 11. We were brought into the classroom and then the boys were sent to, um, I don't know what they were doing, but they were sent into a different room to do something else because what? this was periods. It was all about girls, whatever. And it was literally, here's three slides. You get your period every month. Um, they also said stuff like, um, don't worry if one of your boobs gets bigger than the other. And what else do I remember? Oh, if it's painful, you might need a hot water bottle and a paracetamol. Done. What? That was it. Here's some free pads. That was it. Oh, shocking. So, obviously, I thought that was going to be easy, easy peasy. And then it came, and I was like, what is this? This was not explained. No, it's not. So, there are so many issues with that, right? Because, one, you should explain what periods are. Children are intelligent. Everyone's going to go through this. You should be explaining it much better than that. Also, endometriosis, 10% of women have endometriosis. So, you should be saying, by the way, yes, periods are painful. Yes, a hot water bottle can help. But actually, if more is going on and you think it's more than this... Go and get help. Yeah, go and get help. Go and see a gynecologist. Go and see a specialist. So, um, I wish that would happen. And then, like you just said just now about the boys. Yeah. So, endo affects 10% of women, but actually, it affects everyone. So, yes, it affects directly the 10% with endometriosis. My entire family has been impacted by endometriosis. Mm -hmm. My sister knows about it. My brother knows about it. My parents have had to help fund and put up with me and my endo having to come home every now and again. So only one of us has endometriosis in my family, but it's affected everyone. It's affected every boyfriend I'll have. It'll affect if I have a family, my children. Mm. It affects the the co-workers, my managers. Mm. Like I always have to have a conversation with my manager being like, by the way, I have endo. And it's why I work with companies to educate managers on how to manage women with endometriosis. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal. There's just no. small, tiny adjustments yeah. to help stay in the workplace. It affects everyone. So why on earth are they not educating men on periods? Just to make women feel more comfortable in general, yeah. like not just endo in general, but also about all these different other conditions that you can have. I don't know. And I don't know why it's such still like it's mm. quite a taboo thing, isn't it? Still like talking about like blood. Yeah. Like we, we have every single wo- yeah. woman goes through it. So yeah. why are we not talking about it more? Well, so how nuts is that? <laughs> this? This is right. And I was actually thinking about this morning and I'm so glad you said that because I just remembered. <laughs> so my brother is a farmer yes he can artificially inseminate a cow 
Right, so just, this is going to sound random, but I will bring it back, Do you know right? What? I promise. Okay. So <laughs> to artificially inseminate a cow, you have to put a glove on that comes up to your shoulder, right? Okay. He can put his arm in a cow's ass and artificially impregnate the cow, right? But he cannot hear me say the word pads without dry heaving. Huh? Yeah. So So he's as deep in the... He's, He's shoulder deep into a cow, <laughs> and I mentioned pads, and he's like, Ooh, I've had enough. And it came back, we were in the car, and he said, um, he, he's only just started following my Ender page, right? And um, it's five years, five, five years. years later. And, um, and he was like, oh, what's this um, TOTM then? It's this brand that I work with called Time of the Month. And I was like, oh, it's called Time of the Month. They sell pads to tampons. It was, I've had enough. I don't want to speak about it anymore. Like, how crazy is that? What? I know. It does make sense. So why why can boys in so many contexts be fine with absolutely filthy things? Yeah. But when it comes to a woman's period, every woman has, or most women have periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it so disgusting? And I think this is why we need to educate more. Yeah. To From an early age. Absolutely. Get rid of that stigma. Yeah. Of going, it's so, like, women get this. It's mm. a totally normal thing to go yeah, through. Yeah, it is support yeah support women and it doesn't have to be like your partner it could be like you said mm. your siblings like your mum yeah like, it is like any female in your life like we all get it so i just don't understand why there's still a sig- stigma it's it. crazy isn't it and it wow. knocks your confidence as well when other people don't yes. have the education because like you'll know if you've had different boyfriends or even like different men in your life that know about periods yeah. like my oh my god my cousin's gonna kill me for saying that. so she <laughs> she has um so her husband we were talking about sex and periods and whatever and she was like well when the river's flowing you keep on rowing like <laughs> Obviously, she still has sex on her periods, right? Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Please say that again. So, so my cousin, Jess, she said, because we were talking about sex and periods, goes, when the river's flowing, you keep on rowing. Yeah. And I was like, obviously, her boyfriend, or husband, sorry, is absolutely sound about periods because he's a normal person. Yeah. But I know so many of my male friends oh my god like even if they can sense time of the month they're like don't want to sleep in the same bed as her so that goes to show the power of education and being able to be a bit more sympathetic and empathetic with people yeah so but what i was saying about confidence was she's obviously hyper confident around him now. yes you know she's got no issues yeah when women are scared to talk about periods or are nervous about periods like every single month you get embarrassed about this thing that yeah. everyone goes through mm-hmm. It can knock your confidence. Yeah. So this is why A, men should be educated so that we feel more comfortable. Yes. But B, I think it's really important for women to do stuff like heels empowerment yeah. to give them confidence because you might not talk about periods every day. If you're no. dancing heels, they're gaining confidence yeah. in, in the routine that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But the confidence that they get from what you're doing trickles into every other part of their life. Yes. All of a sudden, they're more confident about being on their period. They're more confident about having conversations yeah. that are awkward because they've achieved something in your classes that they can bring into all yeah. other parts and then speak to doctors like they're more bullshit with how they talk to doctors and say actually I'm not taking that I'm going to a different doctor yeah. which is what something I wish I would have done when I was younger but I wasn't confident enough I think that's being a woman isn't mm. it that we are shy to stand one stand up for ourselves yeah and two um, 
just actually say no like you said you like i know a lot of the girls um who come to my classes they like you said it's helped them in their everyday life they've mm -hmm. said and the way we talk about periods and stuff is just so casual like i'm yeah. like oh guys hang on bear with i just need to change, change my tampon bear with yeah and i'll, I'll let you like <laughs> two seconds yeah. and i'll just run to the toilet like it's nothing but even around women sometimes people are uncomfortable so i think for us because the community like we've all built together heels empowerment mm. it's nice that we you have those safe spaces where you can but then at the same time it shouldn't have to be a safe space no i know what you mean it should it's just a weird. be a given isn't it mm. yeah it is but it's nuts how different the environment is like i bet you you and the women that go to your classes like as soon as you open that door you're not just excited about the dancing you're like <sighs> I'm with people that are like me. Yes. And it yeah. is that breath of fresh air, isn't it? I get that with all my best yeah. friends. Like, I would never oh. be friends with someone that I couldn't do that with. Yeah. But it's funny, you know, when you were saying, like, around the girls that you're with and that come to your classes, yes. you can be like, hold on a sec, I need to change my, my pad or my tampon, yeah. whatever. But then there are other environments, like at work. Say now you were getting up to go to the toilet to change your yeah. tampon or whatever. It's, it's like a drug deal. I'd be like putting a tampon up my sleeve. Yeah, you could put it up there. Being like, please don't fall out, please don't fall out, please don't fall out. You know? And you're like, oh my God, what if I've bled through? Yeah. What if I've done this? What if I've done that? You know? It's nuts. <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. It's like a drug deal, isn't no, it? No, it is. It is. It's what <laughs> my, honestly, I always describe the first time I had pads as a drug deal. So I couldn't tell my mother that I'd come on my period. I was too embarrassed. Really? I was in Tesco with her the day before. We were shopping around. We were going down the aisle. And I thought, I'm just going to casually grab a pack of something and chuck it in. And I, I chickened out. I was like, I can't do it. can't do it. And then the next day, I told my sister. I was like, look, Beck, you're going to have to sort me out. You're going to have to tell mum that I'm on my period. So my mum went out and she got like a sack of everything and just like left it on the table and kind of like scooched it over to me and sort of didn't make eye contact i didn't make eye contact then we had this like nod that was like i know that you know that i know i'm on my period you know and that was it that was it done but like to this day i've never seen my mum with pads or obviously she's like menopausal now yeah yeah but growing up we never saw it because it was like wasn't the lady like thing and all of that i think it's a generational thing as well, i remember it? the first time i came on my period now you saw like you know, yeah. your head goes back yeah yeah like, it triggers it doesn't it yeah it's like oh my god <laughs> i remember i was over my grandparents when it happened but like yeah. my grandparents growing up were literally like put this way people thought we all lived together because that's how close we all yeah. were you know like yeah they were literally like my life my grandparents did lash and i remember i went to a toilet and it was like it was loads but it was more like do you know when periods um they've been more like a brown color like the different yeah, colors yeah, yeah, yeah. it was more like a brown so i was a bit confused yeah i thought what and i was like man oh <laughs> i was like what's this <laughs> and she was like and i thought is this a, what a period is yeah and then she was like yeah you've just come on your period love and i was like oh this is the most wholesome period story i've ever heard really the fact that you were able to do that and felt I literally showed her. enough to do that yeah <gasps> showed her see i would have been like oh my god i couldn't be in my underwear mm -hmm. around then like i really? can't yeah yeah Oh, I'm quite liberal, see, with my no, body. No, but that's, but I'm more like that now, but when yeah. I was younger. But then again, I think it's because my parents are super strict on certain things. So yeah. it would just not be spoken about, which is the wrong way, I think. The, it should have happened the way it should have happened yeah. to you. That's mental. Yes. But it's the same with, like, boyfriends, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, there are some people that you'd be like, oh, I'm on my period, and then others you'd be like, oh. And, like, it's crazy. Yeah, and, like, TMI, but with, with endo, you can bleed a lot after sex, or it can bring you on your period, for example. Does it hurt when you have sex? So, not anymore, um, it used to though, like as in couldn't have sex and then got scared of sex, so didn't have sex for a year. 
thing when I had a boyfriend. It's a very mental thing as well. Like, yeah. you're even, like, scared before it even begins. Well, you're, you're tensing up. You're tensing up. You're not relaxed. So you can't, like, yeah. can't get in. Yeah. You know? It should be enjoyable. Yeah, and you're exactly. like tense. And you're like, well, this is going to be over. Yeah. And then you're bleeding after. It's never fun for anyone. But, like, so, for example, like, Dylan, we, like, if there's any blood, whatever, he's like, don't worry about it, babe. You, you just go away. I'll change the sheets. And he's he's chilling, like he's so nice is about it. Yeah. yeah. If I've ever got tummy pain, I've got we call them the avos. I've got two avocado shaped little bean oh, bags, yeah. put them in the microwave, put them in my tummy. And he's like, Where are your avos? I'll go put them in. Oh. Comes in comes in with my little avos. Sounds like a keeper, babe. No, he's an absolute keeper. I mean we'll see. I've got a terrible track record with men, but I mean I'll try I'll try my best. <laughs> but he's amazing with it. Yeah. But I've been super open with him. He saw my endo page before we even went on our first date, for mm. example, was chilling about it. I, I mean, as he should be, but he was like really pro it as well, you know? Wow. Really great. So when people do message and they say like these horror stories of these horrible boyfriends, I'm like, leave. Leave. Run. Run. There were other people. Yeah, they were that are like I think what women are scared of. Like that's just men. Yeah. But no, like and even to hear your like boyfriends like that it's like wow yeah and to be fair I've always been lucky like I've only had two yeah. long term boyfriends and they were both 10 out of 10 oh so I know see there are good men out there yeah, everyone don't settle yeah don't settle <laughs> <Me too. laughs> literally like th- there's so many women out there it's like oh you know that's just men and I'm like no 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 yeah there are lovely guys out there who will yeah. treat you good and will understand you so if you are listening to this and you think oh yeah I haven't really had a conversation with my partner. It might be way. Maybe try and have that conversation yeah. and be honest. If if it, anything in mm. your relationship, and just try and like be honest with each other, and then you can see then if it can strengthen your relationship. Because I think the key thing here is communication. Mm-hmm. So if you're clear with your communicating in the relationship, then it's only gonna make you feel better, him feel better, or you know, it doesn't have to be you know can be um i don't know gay relationship as well yeah you know it, it can make your relationship more understanding actually i guess if it's two women in relationship they you know what you go through <laughs> yeah, actually true. so maybe not true. no do you know what having said that some of the worst doctors i've been to have been women because oh. yeah because they get periods so they're like oh, you know, oh okay i'm not expecting yeah <sighs> i know so i loads of people hate on men doctors like male doctors and say like oh they're crap actually they're some of the best ones i've had yeah, my specialist is a female, Janice Reimer. She's absolutely amazing. Nice. But gender-wise, some of the worst conversations I've had have been with women. Because, because they get periods, they have something to like anchor your symptoms to. So when you say bloated, painful periods, sometimes painful sex, they think, okay, I get bloated, I get painful periods, and I have painful sex sometimes. Because everyone does yeah. at some point. So they go, oh, what the fuck are you here for? Like, we all get it, can you know? So, <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So if you, you do have that. a girlfriend, then actually you still might need to have a conversation. But do you know what? I'm glad you said that. Yeah, but the the endo thing. So I know endo specific, and like ten percent of women have it, and I've already said about how it affects everyone. However, I think one of the most interesting things, and I speak mostly to like companies about this, yeah, is that you don't need to be an expert in endo to support people with endo. Yes, and and having endo can help you in so many ways as well. So for example, if you've got endo, it's really important that you're confident and that you push for answers from doctors. But if you had PCOS, or if you're a guy and you had an issue, or if you had any any problem that you need to go to the doctor, you still need, still need to be pushed. You yeah. still need to get an answer. When it comes to relationships and endo, 
communicating openly, yeah. feeling comfortable, having someone that like love and respects you, mm-hmm. that is not unique to endometriosis. That's no. everyone. It just makes your life with endo easier. Yeah. Friends. It's really important with endo that you have supportive friends that are there for you and you reciprocate. Mm. Again, not unique to endo. That should just be everyone. Yes. So the management strategies for endometriosis in terms of managing your health, but also like mental health as well, is the same as everyone should be doing. Eating a clean diet, doing stuff that makes you feel happy, still having the odd treat here and there, because it's nice. Having great friends, relationships, and like a workplace that you enjoy, because to have a happy, healthy life, you need to do all of that anyway. And it just happens to help endometriosis as well. That's lovely. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Well, speaking of TEDs, I have, I know. Right, you need to tell me more now (laughs) about your journey with your Instagram and how, yeah, just go in with the TED talk as well. Honestly, I was like, whoa. (laughs) It's like, yes, boss bitch. Thanks. I mean, I want to do another one because I'll explain. I don't feel like I've properly done one, but I haven't, I haven't. So, and Instagram, so obviously had five years of issues with endo no answers and then was really lucky that I saw the specialist and Mm -hmm. she said so many things that I was like you're telling me I've had two useless operations like why why doesn't everyone know this because like how am I like a mere mortal supposed to know about these different surgeries when the surgeons doing my operation didn't know about it you know so I was like, okay, I can't advise anyone on Instagram. I'm not a doctor. But I can say, this is what's happened to me. These are the things I would have wanted to know. Yes. Maybe ask your doctor about this stuff. Heads up. Yeah. Then I was like, right, I want to raise awareness. I love Instagram. Let's do Instagram. And with endo, there's such a spectrum of like, you can be stage one to stage four to stage one. is in like one area, stage four. It's kind of spread everywhere. Okay. Um, because like a weed, it's, like it a spreads. Weed. Which is mm-hmm. why it's important to be diagnosed early. Okay. Um, and you also have a spectrum of symptoms, so like, and spectrum of severity. So like, I have like quite extreme bloating a lot of the time. But okay. I lived with someone who had endo, and she she lived off Haribo's and had no bloating. So I was like, all right, lived off. Haribos. Good, good for you. <laughs> Lovely that you've got that type of endo. Yeah. Um. So there's such a spectrum. So I was like, oh, endometriosis, like we said, is a bit of a mouthful. What were you saying, endometriosis? Oh. <laughs> And it's hard though isn't it it's such it a is. hard word hard. I was stressed yeah. because <laughs> I've always just said endo because endo, yeah. no one even says the full word exactly I was saying endometriosis yeah I think I was yeah but that's the most common one that people oh, is say it? it is yeah oh, so okay. it's not just you don't worry okay thanks um, so I was like let's call it the endo spectrum because I can talk about then a spectrum of stuff yes. symptoms everything so I started the endo spectrum um, it must have been what like four years now wow and it is like literally the only thing that I like live and breathe I love it like yes. you know how you go through phases of like loving the gym or loving something else or living somewhere it's not a phase this is the only thing that's not a phase love. and it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger yeah. to the point where I was like I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna do it full time wow um so started endospectrum knew that I wanted to make a career out of it doing public speaking doing all of so that so you stuff did know it. when you started it you wanted I, it well very into manifesting the vision board back like back in the day was public speaking and I had oh, TED yeah. talk on there so anyway I was mega stressed and it's actually so quite cool. ironic because it all links back to my endo I was really really stressed at my job when I was in Yorkshire 
and I needed to get my eggs frozen. Yes. Um. So as part of like fertility management for my endo, which I can talk about if you want. But mm-hmm. um. Yes. I lost my period, so then they were like not really a good time for you to get your eggs frozen then, because really you need a need a period to do mm-hmm. it. And my friend, my friend at the time was really stressed with work as well, and she was from Poland. She'd gone back to Poland, and she said, "Look, come for three days. The flight's like a fiver from Manchester." Yeah, and I was living in Manchester, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it." Yeah, yeah I know. It was more expensive to get my bag on the plane than it was for the actual. Hilarious. Ridiculous. So anyway, EasyJet, classic. Um, (laughs) So went to Poland and she was like, I've got a surprise for you. I know you love TED Talks. My friend's got us some tickets. She was like, but I don't know what the event is about. So if it's crap, like if it's a theme that we don't get, we'll just leave. Yeah. We turn up and it's in um, December. Was it October? No, December? It was anyway, it was winter time anyway. It was nowhere near International Women's Day, which has just been 8th of March. But it was TED's Women's Day. Oh, okay. So they did like a global TED thing where all of the TED Talks were linked, but it was in wintertime. And I was like, you're kidding me. It's nuts. And I put on my story on Instagram, I was like, guys, you're never going to believe this, but I've just rocked up to a random TED Talk that my friends invited me to in Poland. And it's Women's Day. Wow. And I was like, this is the universe telling me that I'm going to do a TED Talk. Love. So I'm just sat there thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get so much inspiration. And then they say, oh, it's a unique one. We've got an open mic section. I was like, what? I was like, I've heard of open mic and comedy where you just get up and yeah. do it. And I was like, surely you can't do that. And they were like, yeah, you'll get a few minutes um, to speak on stage, scan the QR code, say your name, say your story and why you should be having this spot today. And then literally like 15 minutes later, they were going through names on the screen and they were like, Sophie Richards, can you come up and talk about your endometriosis? And I was like, eh? I was panicking, like the sweat you would not believe. And also for for context of people listening, I was wearing a big, thick (laughs) knitted dress. It was Warsaw in winter. There was snow everywhere. Do you have boots? No, not just boots. That would be an understatement. Hiking boots. Like <laughs> lace up those notches on the top that you sling the string around. I had full on hiking boots on. Wow. Embarrassing. And I'm here, like if you look at the clip, I just look like a Vicky Pollard. It was not a look, right? <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It was all about what I was trying to exactly. raise awareness for, isn't it? Um, so I got to do my TED Talk on the spot there. Wow. Yeah, and I loved it and I did it and I was like, this is what I'm going to do forever. So that was two years ago now. Amazing. Yeah, and I've kind of like, there's definitely been times where I've wavered because I'm like, Sophie, be realistic, stay in your job, you've got a salary, no, all of don't that. don't do that. How yeah, not? and then I was like, do you know what, I'd rather be poor and miserable than do this. Yeah, so yeah. I quit my job and now I'm doing endospectrum full time. <laughs> do you know what, it's so true, like if you are passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. you don't even care about the money obviously to a certain extent pay your bills and all that yeah, they're exactly, like yeah. oh my god it's so fulfilling mm-hmm. if when you found your calling mm-hmm. do it because it's so easy to be like okay i'll say say stay safe yeah but wow for you to take that leap mm. is yeah it's very inspiring and especially because it's so niche yeah what you're going into and that's why we need a we need this I know women need this I hope so because the thing is like I find it really awkward now I think because I grew up in a family and that's very like what's your job title or what companies you work for it's always been this thing of like they were so I worked for Procter and Gamble before then I worked for Amazon and I knew that they loved 
that I, I did that. Yeah. And now they're like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, not only do I not have anyone to work for, but I also don't have a job title and I don't actually know what it's going to be. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm just going to post blogs and do speaking. Yeah. And it, there's no like consistency or safety net either. So nope. like I work with brands like TOTM or Fertility Matters at Work, yes. Wellbeing of Women, Charities, um, like the London Egg Bank. I'm doing some work with them because obviously Amazing. I was lucky enough to be able to freeze my eggs. Oh some, yes, talk about this. Yeah, but some, some people, their endometriosis has already grown around their ovaries and so they're unable to oh. retrieve eggs. But there are women that can donate. So I oh. talk to those women. Amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a scary one, but I do think like we spoke about when we had brunch the other day, yeah. like you were so good. Cause I was still proper bricking it. Cause I was just you? quit my job yet. And you were like, no, it's going to be fine. And Soph said the same at the event. Oh, did she? she? Yeah. Oh, she was like, no, everything's going to be fine. So it will. <gasps> Hope it is. Cause like, <laughs> I never thought I, the heels empowerment, like I said, in mm. when I spoke, like I didn't think it would be my full time job, but like, oh my God, I was in this other job no shade to the job that I was doing yeah I just didn't love it yeah and I was like why the fuck am I here Mm -hmm. and I was hating it and I thought right I need to make the leap leap because I've always been self-employed see always okay and because um teach me how after this (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'll give a talk just on that yeah please do (laughs) loads of people would listen to it yeah it's it's crazy when I tell people I've I've never had a nine-to-five or anything like that because for the dance industry it is very much like you graduate and that's it you're self-employed like mm. it's it's not the norm for my industry mm. to be employed unless you're with a full-time dance company yeah. and then that's when you're not self-employed yeah so i've that's always been my growing up like mm-hmm. so your background and having mm-hmm. a title that is very different to mine yeah because my mum's been self-employed yeah and about always has been self-employed um and then my dad he's never been really career driven when he was younger mm-hmm. came from more of like a deprived area of cardiff Mm -hmm. education wasn't really pushed in the family yeah it was more just as long as you're happy that's all that matters yeah kind of thing but then he did go to uni at 40 yeah going back what did he study um health and social care yeah and now he he does really love his job but he's again he doesn't do it for the money he does it because what he's passionate about so for me that's always been my thing i didn't go into dance thinking I'm going to be rich. Yeah. You do not go in an industry, mm. in a creative industry, yeah. to be rich. You yeah. go in it because you're bloody passionate Love about it. it. Yeah. So my mindset has never been in it for the money. It's yeah. always been in it for doing what you love every goddamn day. And it pays off. It's so important. And I wish I would have had that. And yeah. like dropped the whole like perception of how much money you should be on and yeah. stuff. Because... I always thought like, oh, if I earned X amount of money, I'd be really happy. And yeah. I got it way sooner than I thought. Yeah. But the only thing that changed was I was like, oh, I can spend more money on my gym membership now. And now I'm buying more expensive food or I'm having more expensive nights out yeah. and whatever. But you're still unhappy because you end up thinking, well, I'm not going to be promoted for another two years now. Mm-hmm. And then you're just thinking, oh, well, when I retire. And I'm like, hold on, I'm 26. Why am I thinking, Are you thinking about of when retirement? I'm like 60? Then I'll get to go to the Maldives. Like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? No. But loads of people are like that. Yes. Loads. So now you can mm. do it full time. So is there any like future things you can talk about where you're going to take the end of spectrum? Yeah. So um, a couple of really exciting things. So short term, um, I recently did like an interview with the BBC. Um, we did some TV and we did some radio about the waiting times women are having to go through with endometriosis because it's just horrendous. Like 
the tip at the start about paying for the consultant and then getting on the NHS yes. thing. I mean, it's a great hack, but if everyone does it, then you're back to square one anyway. Yeah. So it sh- women shouldn't have to do that. No. Um, but the, it went well. They got a lot of like views or and reads of the article, Amazing. which I'm really happy with because well you done. never know where it's going to go because yeah. it's not a very sexy topic, is it? <laughs> um, but they were like, we want to do more. So at the moment, it's not guaranteed, but at the moment they're pitching to see whether they can either do like an episode on living with endo and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, and then the other one is, but again, very up in the air, but I'm going to document this anyway. It would just be really cool if the BBC showed some of it as well, is I'm going traveling around Asia from May until December um, and basically my friend's got a foodie page called M Eats the World <laughs> and then I've obviously got the end of spectrum yes. and she's going to like blog all the food I'm going to blog all the different holistic remedies that yes. they do over there because I again I believe that surgery is the number one thing but second to that there's got to be some kinder to the body treatments for 100%. managing daily symptoms so I'm going to document that so they're going to potentially cover some of that which oh. would be amazing yeah I'm a bit giddy about it but we'll, we'll wow. see if it comes because you know how these things disappear sometimes. that's kind of like self-employed life is yeah. opportunities can sometimes be thrown at you yeah and they kind of come to life sometimes and kind of mm-hmm. and then they don't but it doesn't matter yeah. because what this journey you're gonna go on like tra- oh my god it's gonna be insane and I, I can't wait to follow it, it. <gasps> thanks and I think as well like Love. now that I don't have my job I can actually like you said the opportunities there are so many things I've turned down and yes. talks that have been abroad because I'm working yeah so now I can actually do it and then long term I think when I come back there's a women's health masters in UCL in London um, that is all about basically the inequality and like the gender health gap then it's about your actual cycle so periods there's some about childbirth yeah but it's basically about why research for women is a bit shit Mm -hmm. and then it actually educates you on like the anatomy and all of that stuff so I'll actually be able to speak a little bit more from a scientific background once I have my master's um so I always loved biology but didn't pursue it because I was like if I do business I can just get a really good paid job and whatever but I love it like we talked about the gut thing I'll be on holiday and I'm on my third gut health book like it's weird really you love it that much I love it I love anything to do with it so I'm hoping to do my masters and then I can actually do some research myself and and document all of that stuff because as much as like I enjoy saying like oh I've got a flare today this is what I'm doing I don't think like my life in particular is that interesting I would rather do things like (laughs) (laughs) but I would would rather be able to say 80% of women have this this article says that this can help you a lot this try like give it a go yeah i can't do that right now you know but do you know i think people love mm. at the same time as i know it'd be fab for you to back you up in yeah. future your career within yeah. like this kind of like spectrum. yeah people love the relating to you yeah going i'm going through this so don't change that at the same True. time because honestly there's nothing better than being someone you can relate to yeah and just because facts is good to back you up for those more higher up people yeah who, it's like know. to get your foot in the door if they're like yes. oh she's got a master's she can come and do the talk here but yeah it's like regular joes yeah on Insta, it's nice. we people love that stuff yeah. so yeah don't lose that because <laughs> okay. people love you like yes. people invested in you and like that's what i was invested when i first seen you so mm. keep shining oh I love it, babes. <laughs> so to, to finish off, I do, I think we've spoken about everything that I mm-hmm. wanted to, but I do would love if you could speak a bit more about the fertility. Yeah, the egg freezing. Yeah. So this, and it links into as well, like the whole 
scared about living in Wales situation yes. um, and finding a hospital that works for you. Yeah. So with endometriosis, you have surgery. Mm-hmm. Any surgery causes scar tissue. So scar tissue isn't ideal. Like a little bit of it isn't going to kill you, but it does build up over time. Having endometriosis in itself causes scar tissue. So it's kind of a bit of an oxymoron, if, if that's the right word, where they'll cut you open to cut that out but in the process of cutting you open, makes more scars. So basically, (laughs) you want minimal surgery. So that's why it's so important to see the right surgeon first. I see. Because obviously I've had four operations now, and I'm only 26. Like, I should have only had one. So seeing the right surgeon is important. But another part about, like, not believing women, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mentioned about heels empowerment, giving women confidence, all of that jazz. So... A lot of women, well, in general, but especially with endo, will relate to not being believed or heard when you go to the doctors or hospitals about your symptoms. So there was a really, really scary moment in Yorkshire when I, where I was living. Um, I was on my own that weekend. I had no family up there. I just moved up there for work, and my housemate at the time was at home in Scotland. So I was just on my own. And I had this flare come on, and I was like, bloody hell this is a really bad one and I was throwing up my period was absolutely unbelievable and I passed out a couple of times but this has happened a good handful of times before and I was like you know what I can't be asked to queue in A&E for like five hours for them to put me on like a paracetamol drip or give me some morphine yeah tell me that shock horror you've got endo why are you here like this is just something you live with and go home I was like it's such a waste of time and it it was on a Friday I was like it's my weekend I can just sleep through it so all night I was like having these hot sweats my flare was getting worse my belly was getting worse I kept passing out and I was getting really scared and I wasn't sure whether I was scared just because I'd like rattled myself up in my head or whether this was really serious no it sounds very scary yeah but again, I've been in this situation before and yeah. I was like, it's no different. What, what's the it's point? It's your normality in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It happened before and I was like, I'd rather ride it out at home yeah. than have to convince doctors that I'm ill. Yeah. So anyway, called 111, which is like the non-emergency yes. number. And I was like, hey, having some symptoms. <laughs> They're scared. <laughs> Passed out a few times. for quite a while. Cute. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like maybe come see me, I don't know. Um and they will they do this thing where they ask you your name, your number, your um address, and they say, Do we need a code to get into your building? And I was like, This is the best thing they ever did, right? Because I was on the phone, I'd literally just finished this and I was like, Look, I feel sick, I feel like I'm gonna pass out again. And I had like a big bruise on my forehead from the morning before because I'd passed out and I was going sick and I hit my head oh, on the no. side of the bath. So I was already like looking pretty rough anyway. Um, and they said is there any way we can get into the building and I was like my door automatically locks so I couldn't unlock it but my building you can and she was like if you can put something in in the door then just in case so I went and I put like my shoe or like a mat or there was something next to the door and I don't remember anything else other than waking up in the ambulance and I was like Oh my god, I got shivers. What what is going on? And I was in agony and I just couldn't stop throwing up. And you know when you're like, how is there anything left to go sick? Yeah. So they were basically like explained what had happened, that they'd heard me like pass out on the phone, they'd come to get me, whatever. Um, went to hospital and it turns out I had really, really bad appendicitis. <gasps> so 
when people like aren't sure what endo symptoms are like and they're like isn't this a bad thing yeah i'm like no it's literally similar to appendicitis to the point where i'm like i can stay at home this will be fine um it was really bad but it was it was flared up because of my endometriosis i had endo around it so this is again why i have this issue and the endo surgeon said it on bbc as well actually anthony griffith said we need to stop calling endo benign because it is actually life-threatening like if well, i yeah. if i wouldn't have called 111 if Who i wouldn't would have know? jammed the door i would have been in that flat on my own for 2 days no one would have come to see me because i was i was living on, i was living there on my own i was 5 6 hours away from home so yeah it's it's, it's bad so oh fuck went to went to the operation but this is why i froze my eggs so went to the operation and right before they say when we open you up if we feel like we need to take everything out and when i say everything i mean like ovaries everything then we're we're gonna do it so you have to sign before the operation signed it and then woke up and i was in agony but i remember the first thing i was like do i have my ovaries because i felt chopped up i was like more chopped up than usual i was like have they taken my ovaries but the nurse couldn't tell me had to wait for the doctor and it was just the worst time of my life and i was already thinking about freezing my eggs anyway but i left that hospital and i was like i'm freezing my eggs as soon as i can so i literally told my job i was like i'm moving to london like you you need to support me to move me to london i'll get a new job in london um and then that's when i was like i'm getting my eggs frozen now because if in that scenario because that could easily happen again obviously not appendicitis i've had it out but other scenarios where you lose your ovaries I want to know that I've got some mini me's in the freezer, so that's why I froze my eggs. Oh my god! It's Sorry, I'm a bit speechless. Like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You yeah. didn't? Did you share that? I well, we only had twenty minutes, didn't we? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I don't want to sound like an absolute charity case, so I sort of picked. I picked the hysterectomy story of when they said yeah. they did a hysterectomy mm. before the egg freezer. To be fair. That kind of comes in now because when I was in second year, you know, when I was like miserable, yeah. had the operation, didn't work, mm-hmm. they were like, hysterectomy will cure you, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Like, doesn't always cure people. Um, so I was 21 and they were like, you can either have a hysterectomy now or you can have a baby now. Then oh, hysterectomy. Yeah. Oh my God, nuts. please. Nuts. Go more into that. I could yeah. not believe they told you mm. to have a baby. Yeah, so it was my second <laughs> year of uni. I'd had two operations at this point um and then went back three months later and was like look all my symptoms went away Mm -hmm. but they've come rushing back um and he was just like oh okay this can happen because endo is chronic but if you have a hysterectomy all your symptoms will be cured well the specialists now say that actually not everyone is cured by hysterectomy you can still have the symptoms um and also like what advice is that to give a 21 year old yeah and uh, again this is why it's so important to see a specialist he wasn't a bad man he wasn't trying to say anything horrible no, to me he just me. not got he full was, education he was doing the best he could with the information that yeah. he had but yeah. that's why he should have had more information exactly so um he basically said you need a hysterectomy or if you have a baby some people have like a blissful pregnancy where they have no symptoms because you have no periods and stuff um and then after pregnancy sometimes your symptoms can be reduced but not always and so many women when i say online that i've that that was the recommendation i get essays of like the most traumatic pregnancies the most traumatic childbirths and then on top of that imagine so you know when i said i was like bed bound yeah couldn't socialize imagine that now with a baby oh fucking hell yeah exactly i'm very oh and um, 21 and 20 so 21 21 bed bound yeah. with a baby in your arms yeah exactly exactly um so i was like I, I remember speaking to my boyfriend very briefly about it um and we were like this is 
nuts. Ridiculous. This is nuts. Um, and I was like, I'll get the hysterectomy if I need it after university. Yes. So went to um, my placement year in London, which is again then when I found the specialist and why I'm so attached to London because yes. it's obviously been my haven. I got my eggs frozen there. The surgeons are amazing. The treatment mm. is amazing. So I get very attached and very nervous about moving locations because of like near-death experiences. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> fucking blame you. Like, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I know. Why you're very yeah. trusting mm. and you've done, you've you've shopped around, let's put it that way. Yeah. You know mm. your shit now. Mm. So I think the most important thing with this, and it can take you with anywhere in life, mm. is if you don't feel like that answer is the correct one your gut tells you mm-hmm. and you knew you were like no it's still right and you kept on fighting and fighting and yeah. fighting and like look where you are with it now with all the information you have so I think I kind of said it earlier like when as being a woman like you're like you're a bit more like oh, okay like if, if that's what they're saying mm-hmm. challenge people yeah absolutely challenge them because yeah. you just never know mm-hmm. what the real answer could be and like you said it just might be that one doctor doesn't have the full education on that or anything in life they just might not fully know mm-hmm. so keep keep fighting for you and have that confidence like you did and I'm in all of you to be mm-hmm. honest that you've like really believed in yourself and go no I know this isn't right <laughs> Yeah, but that only came from looking at my mum. My mum challenged one of the doctors I had. Wow. And, um, well, what I thought was a doctor, she was like, there's nothing wrong with you, like, go home. Mm. My mum was like, bollocks, I want to see another doctor. They got another doctor, and the doctor did my bloods and scans, and she was like, operation now. I had an operation within, like, two hours. Um, And it turns out it was a midwife that I saw. (sighs) But she was in, like, a white coat and all of that. So So she looked like... And she was in a hospital, and they told me the doctor will see you now. So, so yeah, so I was like, hold on. By pushing and having more confidence and just being a bit more bullshy, you can get somewhere. Um, But I think what I find hard for a lot of women is it takes a lot of confidence to do that. But once you do it once and you see results, you'll do it time and time again, and it trickles into your life. And that's why, again heels empowerment like women come into that class the confidence they will gain yeah. from pushing themselves out of their comfort zone mm. will trickle into everything yes and that's why it is so important to be confident yeah. and to push and ask for what you want because if you don't ask mm. you don't get start with the small things like mm. if someone gets your coffee order wrong yeah just correct them yeah, like it exactly. can be something as small as that like for example i was in the gym the other day yeah and for me it didn't even phase me saying it but for someone it might be a big deal like yeah. Sophie was there <laughs> when this happened the showers right yeah right, I do love my gym I'm putting this out there because if anyone's listening yeah. for my gym I do like my gym <laughs> but I don't like the temperature of the showers okay so bit of a princess are we <laughs> oh I'm a, I'm a princess with yeah. my temperature mm. and I, I'm okay with saying that yeah you know? absolutely I like a boiling hot shower yeah. like you both I am a very physical person. I put my body through a lot of pain yeah. mm. and strain. I deserve a hot shower. You do. You absolutely do. I don't want this shit of people having ice baths and no. all this. Yeah, no, I like being warm, okay? Yeah. So good for you. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that. Because you're very passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah. I've never seen your eyes so wide. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get some hot water in your day. I know, yeah. Literally, I'm like, no, I hate being cold. That's my pet peeve. Yeah, that it. shower. I just did a spin class and 
Do you know when you get cold after exercise? Yeah, it's awful. Right. Hot shower. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. I had to wash my hair in it as well. No. And I, you know, you've I seen know. my hair. I have a lot of hair. You do have a lot of hair. I left there and I said to them, I said, <laughs> on the re- I went straight to reception. <laughs> I went, listen, this is so unrelated, but I just have to share this. I went, why is the shower? Why is it cold? He was like, oh, was it just a little bit cold? I went, oh. I'm being serious. Yeah. And I looked him dead in the eye like, don't fuck with me. Yeah. And he went, <laughs> He, he shit himself and was imagine. like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll you know, the plumbers, and, and he, yeah. he, he, you could see he was like, because mm. he was trying to banter like a flanter, like, oh, classic, classic, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm not being funny. I was like, no funny. jokes yet, my shower <laughs> needs to be, like, piping. <laughs> then the next day, I had a shower there. Yeah. Too up? <laughs> <laughs> I was satisfied. <laughs> it was perfect. And I came out, I grabbed my tea and he was like, Good shower. Like he was like, scared. yeah, scared. I was like, perfect. <laughs> so it could be something yeah. as small as that. Like, mm. but for some people that's huge. And I think yeah. it's really important for like, there's just small things like that. And like for you, you might be like, that's ridiculous. But no, I'm paying yeah. my membership. I want to yeah, have exactly. a warm shower. Like, and, ex- and as well, we've all been in situations where someone's challenged us and we've been at work and I've never taken it personally because I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I did do that wrong. Hold on, let me, yeah. let me sort this out now. It's all done. Never think about it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just silly. I think it's just that like internal voice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's like, don't be a Karen. Don't be a Karen. Yeah, but no. You gotta. You gotta stick up for yourself. Because my showers are beautiful now. And everyone else in that toy, um, in that gym were thinking the same. We were all all in the changing room. They're all thanking you. They are thanking me. Voice the people. I'm, I'm the people person you know that's, that's what, what can I say and I'm like say, stick up for yourselves yeah. and I think it is like that fear of like being like oh my god am I being a Karen or yeah. you're like oh my god like people around me think I'm too opinionated mm. classic woman thing yeah no stand up for yourself no, exactly and that's what you've done which yeah. I I think is incredible and I think like with your page and stuff you're really like knowing that women are going through this it's okay that you're mm. going through this and like you are normal for going mm-hmm. through this as well because i think Absolutely. people go through it alone they're silent because they're afraid and they like yeah but with you where you're talking about it and if anyone's listening to this like oh, i might have endo mm-hmm. or i do have endo but i'm scared to talk about it please go and just give soap a message because mm-hmm. like she's got she's got all that information and she's here to help oh thanks no I love speaking to people as well yeah. and so many people are open with really sorry to message you I hope you don't mind and I'm like one of my pinned posts is endo symptoms and one of the symptoms on there is rectal bleeding I was like do you think I'm gonna think anything bad of you for sending something you know yeah yeah it's um it's just mad so yeah never feel embarrassed about anything mm-hmm. whether that's symptoms whether it's telling someone to turn the temperature <laughs> temperature <laughs> no, I get it I do the same <laughs> But that confidence thing is like the thing that underpins it all. Like yeah. you have the confidence to do that. It means you have a confidence to do other things. It means yeah. that you have a confidence to ask for a podcast space. You yeah. have a confidence to push for bigger events. I bloody message Pepsi Max, tagged them in my post. Yeah, sponsor me right they, now. They replied back and I was like, they like looking pretty. I was like, yeah. thanks Pepsi Max UK. <laughs> you, you just never know. You never know, exactly. It's the fuck it. Like this is my biggest thing. And, we, and I swear I've talked about it every week, but yeah. it's because it is the fuck it yeah because you never know where that's going to take you yeah and like look where it's taken you yeah and as well if you don't do it you're actually in the same situation as if you got rejected yeah so the only difference that it makes asking is that you might get something more yeah 
you know? And I don't care if it's going to hurt my ego. Don't yeah, give a exactly. shit. Like, it might, I might get a no, but I think being in the dance industry is ruthless. So I'm used to having no's thrown at yeah. me left, right, centre. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you never know. One of those hundred no's could be a yes. Exactly, exactly. So unless you speak up, you will never know. So yeah, thank you so much for coming, Sophie. Mm. No, thank you so much for having me mm. on. I loved it. <laughs> well, <laughs> can't wait to see your travels and see everything you get up to. Thanks. And I need to get into a class before I go away. Please do. I will. Yes. Be kind. Be kind. <laughs> Always be kind. I, I'm like, I don't <laughs> know. I, I'm all about being kind, but I don't know if I can be kind with <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, maybe we'll get you into class. And honestly, like, nice. everyone is just amazing. Like, well, you've seen the videos and everything, so it'll be amazing to have you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for helping everyone with Endo as well. You'll be doing more than you know, I promise. Oh.